All this week we're talking about the steps to getting started with your food truck business on 10-Minute Food Truck Training. Hi, my name is Bill Moore, founder of FoodTruckTraining.group, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. This is Getting Started Week, and we are discussing all the questions you need answered by your local officials to get your business started legally. Yesterday, we talked about research, and today, we're going to talk about the details on that research, and you'll probably, if you did some research, have a whole bunch of questions. Most of us, when we read the regulations that are written by lawyers, and to be honest, normal people just don't read BS, and that's all those regulations are. They have the whereas and this and that, and they're confusing, and they're intentionally confusing. But if you've got questions after reading through some of that information, that means you want to learn, and that also means you have the potential to be great because you want to learn. So you're going to take some time to make some phone calls and set up appointments. Talked to you yesterday about what to do if they're not actually answering your questions on a timely basis. But if you are able to get through to somebody and you are able to set up an appointment, there's a lot of different things you may need to ask. And some questions you may need, may not have even thought of. So at the city or county level, here's some things to think about. You want to ask, are there any restrictions for mobile food vendors that are on the books right now? And by a restriction, it could be that you can't set up in certain areas. You can't set up, with, set up within so many feet of a restaurant. You can't even go to a public park, for instance. There also could be limits on time. They might say, you can't open after 9 p.m. at night. There's a couple of cities on the East Coast that do that. Or they might say you can't be open after midnight. So you want to make sure there's not restrictions because if your dream is to do something that requires those time spaces and those times aren't allowed for you to vend, you'll have to come up with another way to achieve your dream. So you want to know what the restrictions are. Then you also want to ask, are you aware of any pending or proposed rules that are under debate right now? Because there's always debates going on someplace. What licenses or inspections will I need at the city level, at the county level to operate my business? And there's a multitude of inspections or licenses or permits you might need at the city and county level. You might need a peddler's permit. You might need an occupational license. You might need a fire inspection. You'll need some type of tax certificate. Each of those things may or may not have a cost associated with them, but you still have to have them lined up. And there could be even more than that list, so you want to ask them every single thing that I need. You want to ask what the tax rates are. Are there proposed increases to the tax rates? You want to ask what is the frequency of payment for collecting these taxes? Are there any reports I'm required to file? What are the deadlines for those reports? Some cities have a really great packet, so when you get all the different permits, you have a packet that tells you what your responsibilities are to keep that particular permit in force and to adhere to all the regulations, and then others don't. So you want to ask all those questions. When you get the opportunity to talk to the food licensing establishment, because remember, it's not always the health department, you're going to need to have an idea of what you're going to sell. Not necessarily the specific recipes, but if you're going to sell a hamburger and it's going to have certain toppings on it, you want to explain that or have that in your mind. They're not going to care how much you're going to charge for it, so you don't have to worry about costing it out or anything. But there are going to be limitations to certain foods, depending upon what kind of license you get. And the person answering your questions is going to assume whatever you don't ask, you already know. So they're not going to offer any additional information. So that's why you want to have that menu in your mind. This is what I'm going to offer. And then make sure there are no restrictions. You want to ask questions like, how many sinks do I need? If it's more than a hand wash sink, do they have to be 
separated. So if you have four sinks in a row, do you have to have a divider in between them? Or do they need to be physically separated where the hand wash sink is not the fourth sink out of four? You have to move it off somewhere else. Ask about the fresh and wastewater tanks. How big do they need to be? And what's the relationship? Most states require the waste to be 15% bigger. However, there are states that require it to be double. There's not many, but there are a few. So don't just assume because you read it on a Facebook group somewhere that 15% applies because it doesn't always. You want to ask, how are the commissaries noted on inspections? Do I need a commissary? And it could be called something completely different. It could be called a home base. It could be called a servicing area. Whatever your state calls it. But you want to ask, do I need one? Where do I find that list? Do you guys keep a list of commissaries? And then how are they noted on inspections? Because that'll help you. If you can't find a commissary, you can at least look on the inspections. Go to that notation on how the commissaries are listed for mobile vendors. And then you can find commissary. You want to ask a, a real simple question. Are you the only state agency that approves mobile vendors and the commissary. In Florida, for example, we have three different agencies that can approve and regulate the food establishments. I talked about the Department of Business and Professional Regulation. That's the typical one. That's the one that does most of the inspections and issues most of the licenses. However, if you decide to use a convenience store as a commissary, then you would end up being licensed by the Department of Agriculture because they're the ones that inspect convenience stores and grocery stores. And if you decide that, no, I'm not going to go either one of those two routes, we do have the official health department, but they only inspect food businesses that will be operating on property that's owned like by a hospital, because they inspect hospitals, or schools. So if you get a contract with a school where you're providing lunch, then the health department's where you would go. And that's just in Florida. And Florida's not the only state like that. There are a number of states that have two different licensing agencies. You want to make sure you're getting the information for which one do you need to contact because sometimes it's not always easy to figure out when you're doing your research. You want to ask things like, where am I required to store my mobile unit when it's not in use? Some states require it to be kept at the commissary. Others don't care. So you just got to know where it needs to be stored because that's an additional fee that you may have to pay. You want to ask about catering. Some states actually make caterers have a separate license than food establishments. So you want to make sure that there's not some little trick there that you would need to have an additional license to do catering. You want to ask if the food manager certificate is required and then which particular brands they use. There's about six different ones. Everybody just refers to it as ServeSafe, but ServeSafe is a brand, just like Kleenex is a brand for facial tissue. But everybody says Kleenex when they mean a facial tissue. Everybody says ServeSafe when they just mean the food manager certification. There are five or six different companies that offer it. All the tests are exactly the same in difficulty, so you can't pick an easy company over a more difficult one because there's not a more difficult one. They're all the same. You want to make sure you talk to the state revenue department because they will come chase you down to get their sales tax, and that is a no-joke thing. You want to make sure you understand what the requirements are to open the business, what the expected reporting and pay schedules are, and honestly, if you think you're a nobody, just miss a tax payment you'll be somebody really quick. You want to make sure you understand the state's fictitious name requirements because you're not going to call your business by your first and last name. It'll be called something else. So you're creating a fictitious name. And then that's one more paper trail that links that fictitious name to you. And you might get lucky and just ask if there are any state or federal funding programs or grants that 
are available to my area or my business because you just never know. Some things that could be available to you would be if your area is particularly economically depressed and they're trying to encourage new businesses, there might be grants or other funding programs available for that, but you'll never know about them unless you ask. So I'm going to give you a real short to-do list. You want to write down all the important phone numbers and all the names of the officials that you spoke with. So anybody you're able to actually contact, have that down. Schedule meetings if you need clarification on anything. You want to talk to, again, the horse's mouth because finding out on a Facebook group or finding information from a Facebook group or any other public source may or may not give you the best answer. So you want to talk to the people that will be the ones doing the inspections. Their opinion matters. You want to keep a copy of those names and phone numbers in a book and keep it on your card or trailer even after you get open. The reason is... If you ask them a question and they give you an explanation for something and they're incorrect or you misunderstood it, one or the other, when another official comes and does an inspection and says, hey, this is wrong, and you, no, it's not wrong. I talked to, give the name, give the phone number, and he explained it this way. That'll help get everybody on the same page really quickly when you say, well, I've already looked into that and here's what I was told by, and hopefully it's their boss or at least somebody on their level. So you want to write down all of the permits and licenses and all the fees with the amounts and who you got to be paying those amounts to. The reason you want to write that down is that becomes necessary information when you build your business plan. So what we're doing is going through all the steps and getting all the information to also build a business plan. All right, tomorrow we're going to get into one test that you absolutely have to take to operate your food business. If you're enjoying our chats, please support the podcast by clicking that support button Or if your budget only has room for a single donation, not a problem. i got a link in the description for that as well. Either way, it means more to me than I can possibly express. Being around like-minded, positive people keeps you in the right frame of mind to grow as a person and as a business. Our Facebook group is the group to help you succeed, so please join us. The group is called Food Truck Training, and again, that's on Facebook. There's a link in the description. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, stay profitable, my friends.